What's new listeners? I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're covering the 1998 Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore rom-com, The Wedding Singer. And joining us for that discussion is Christy, host of the Celebrity Culture and Tea Podcast, X Knows All. And she's already on the show before to cover the books Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Devon, so glad to have her back on. Say hello, Christy. Hi. It's so real. It's so fun to be here all the time. You're so sweet. You're always like so interactive with all my posts and I just, I love seeing you pop up in my messages. So I'm very excited to be here and I'm honestly, it was my first time watching the, uh, the wedding singer. So I'm excited to dive deep with you. Oh, nice to hear that because this, this was a childhood watch of mine. Like, it was on TV a lot. And I saw it a lot, like my mom loved it, and I watched it a lot. I, I, it's always funny because I, I, have, not, I have a lot of nostalgia about, about this movie, so I'm a little more biased towards it. Also, I distinctly remember a babysitter complaining about having the movie on, because when, when she found out, like, oh, I watched the movie a lot, it's on the TV when I'm a kid, and she was like, well, there's a lot of swearing in the movie. I remember I, it is, it is. How, how old were you when you were watching it, Arthur? It is quite raunchy. Uh, I was... Very little, like around maybe like six or seven, and then beyond that age, the TV it was just on the TV a lot, and it's like yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that it it is a classic, and I you know what I noticed too, which is funny, is um when I think of like the comedic movies now, I think of like Seth Rogen, uh, like Paul Rudd, like I think of like Will Ferrell, like that kind of crew. I guess they're kind of two separate crews, but like. Now, if you think about the early 90s, or I guess late 90s too, you have like the same people that were like in Big Daddy, in The Wedding Singer, in like Happy Gilmore. It's like very consistent cast. So it's kind of interesting how like like the comedy's shifted. Happy Madison, Happy Madison sort of group. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all the same people. Yes. Which, yeah, it's like I've been diving into more of the movies lately, you know, as of late. So even if, even if not all of them are up to my tastes, you know, I recently saw the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, little Nikki, which was uh, not really after my comedic taste, but it's a very wild movie. Some very strange things happen in that movie. What? What? Where is it streaming, or is, was it on theater in theaters? I saw it like on streaming. It was like it's like an old movie, Little Nikki from like oh. the nineties. Got, like, got, got it. Got it. Two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's. I mean, Adam Sandler is a classic. Waterboy is one of my favorite. One of my favorite movies. That was my Ooh. childhood watch, I feel like. Waterboy. Ooh, so did you see that? Yeah, yeah. But yes, The Wedding Singer, that's what we're focusing on today. And this was directed by Frank Karashi, who has worked with Adam Sandler quite often. He's directed the Sandler movies The Waterboy, as well as Click, Blended, and Ridiculous Six. He also directed a couple of Kevin James movies, Zookeeper and Here Comes the Boom. The Wedding Singer was written by Tam Hurley who has also been a frequent collaborator with Sandler. His writing credits include SNL, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, Bedtime Stories, and Hubie Halloween. And he's also had cameos in numerous Adam Sandler movies, even The Wedding Singer, where he's credited as Rudy the Bartender. Yeah, it's, I, I also want to give a big shout out to Drew Barrymore. I know we were messaging about this offline, but yeah. how it's really interesting that she's kind of coming out in the press this past week and kind of suffering, suffering some heat. So what a opportune time for us to be discussing Drew at this point. Yes, yes. Opportune. That's a good word for it. 
and the wedding singer had a budget of $18 million, and it made $80.2 million domestically, and $123.3 million worldwide, which is quite a bit on an $18 million budget, and it opened in second in the US, with $18.8 million behind Titanic. Damn! Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's quite really good. good. Quite good. Yeah, it's especially like, yeah, eighteen eighteen million dollars. Like that's quite small. So it, it made quite a bit of money, and it's nice to see, nice to see that for a rom com. Yeah, yeah, because it's it, you, I feel like mainly dramas have those kinds of uh, ratings and bring in that kind of money. Rarely comedies, but that's that's awesome. Yes. Well, that's a bit of trivia I have for the wedding singers to deliver here. So let's get into our general thoughts and feelings on the movie. Christy, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was such a fun, it almost reminded me of just like you said, you said the word nostalgic earlier, and I found it to be very nostalgic as well, only because kind of early 90s movies all kind of had that same feeling. I don't know, like the way that it's shot is very similar. The camera is a bit more grainy. HD didn't, didn't exist at that point. And it was just fun, old school comedy like it really took me back and I watched it last night and I was just in my house like having a glass of wine watching tv and I was like this is a classic I was laughing like it was a feel good feel good movie and but you know what's funny you can also tell too when things are taped back then like the humor is so like not okay like a lot of things would never fly it's like when we watch old friends things like the fat shaming and everything i'm like god this is brutal i did have those thoughts yeah i feel like i'm I'm feeling the same thing here because and again nostalgic lens i'm watching this through so a little more biased but yeah i still had a lot of fun with the wedding singer it's got it's got hot it's got the romance, it's got, it's got the chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, which they would end up having more of in Blended and Fifty First Dates. And the movie also takes place in the 80s, specifically 1985. So it's got this yeah. whole over-the-top 80s aesthetic that I still enjoy. Yes. The soundtrack, love the soundtrack for this movie. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is great. I know, I was singing along a lot of the times. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially Video Killed the Radio Star, because I, that, this movie got me hooked on that song when I was little. Hooked. Yeah, yeah. Radio Kills the Video, or Video Kills the Radio Star. Yeah. <gasps> oh, it's yeah, so good. The soundtrack, and mm, the, the humor, as you said before, it's like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> I, and here's the thing, because I've seen a lot of comedies by now, and some and there are some comedies where it's like, oh my goodness, what the hell am I watching here? So watching something like The Wedding Singer, I would say, it's a little more, in my perspective anyways, toned down compared to the other movies I've seen. That being said, it's still like, oh damn, the sexual harassment, the sexism, oh wow, wow. The sexual harassment was so bad and it's like it's not even just like it happens it's like the very beginning up top of the movie when like uh she's like well i showed him my boobs so now he treats me well it's like it's so problematic i was like oh my god they're like they're like um they're making sexual harassment sound like a good thing it's so bad yeah 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 it's pretty bad and again it's just a lot that i've seen movies go even worse than that but yes by itself yeah it's like oh wow yes it, it really reminds you of the time we were in at that time, like in the 90s. Anything went. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, it gives a good snapshot of that period, yes. 
and and not and like the humor like I don't like the humor, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. You know, I feel like some sometimes the humor can like that ruin the movie for me. But in this in this specific case, uh, you know, the movie is quite good. The movie's quite yes. good. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. It has a genuine warmth, and also it's nice to watch a movie like this with Adam Sandler because I feel like you know some Adam Sandler movies, it's like and eh, they focus too much on the gross out humor. It's just cringy, like Little Nicky, like I mentioned before. But this one has the sincerity to it, some warmth that I appreciate. It gets me, it gets it makes me feel snuggly. Yes, it's something about their chemistry too. I, I noticed that throughout the movie, it felt very genuine between Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, and it, it's no surprise that, like you said, they filmed another film, Fifty First Dates, which is another rom com. Like it just felt like a feel good, warm and fuzzy. And blended yeah. too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So like they, they're, they're really, um, yeah, they, they just work well together. They seem genuine. They do, and even even in even in real life, you know. It's- Good to see that they are, that they're, you know, friendly in real life, they're friends, they're buddies. Good to see yeah. Them in well, I feel like we've been giving quite a few general thoughts and feelings on The Wedding Singer, so I think it's time for us to give our wind-up scores on the movie. So, Christy, what do you think? And this is a score that goes from 0 to 100. Express your thoughts. Ooh. I would probably, gosh, I would give it like an 85, honestly. Um, it just, I think it was like a B, like a solid B for me. I think like a sub, because some of that stuff didn't age like super well, I'm like, oh, like it's just kind of sad. Just kind of reminds me of like the time that we were in and things that could have been said that were just so mean spirited, like the sexual harassment of it all. But I think it was just so nostalgic and feel good. Like towards the end, one of my favorite parts was when all the first class passengers were like rooting Adam Sandler's character Robbie on. And they're like, yeah, go get your girl. And like, they were all, it just felt so community driven and sweet and warm. And I, it just made me smile. Like I was actually like smiling, like my, my mouth was smiling. I was like, this is just so sweet. And how the whole, um, this economy passengers like trying to block, uh, Glenn or whatever his name was from like, reaching Adam Sandler as he was coming out with the guitar. I'm like, oh, this is just so cute. And, like, I just loved it. It's a great feel-good movie. I would 100% watch it again if I wanted to just feel fun and light. How about you? Oh, yeah, for me, I'm going to give this an 80 out of 100. Again, like, you know, smile for me, too. Lots of smiles for me. Uh, This movie, you know, is still in my gallery of rom-coms, you know, that I have up. I feel like this still has a, a favorite spot in there. You know, just like, yeah. What are your other favorite rom coms? Like, what, what would you say is your top? Oh, uh, oh, like, there's definitely Crazy Rich Asians as up there. Oh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, so good. Uh, while you were sleeping, also definitely up there. And uh, I ten, seen that one. 10 Things I Hate About You as well. Oh, 10 Things I Hate About You is so good with Heath Ledger. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Julia Stiles. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic. That is a 90s classic. Yeah. I feel like that's my top three right there. And while you're sleeping, that's a... It, it's def, okay, I, I love that movie. It's got lots of sweetness to it. I did a whole podcast on it. But damn, does it get so creepy when you actually think about the premise. I don't think I've actually... Who's in it? I, I Obviously, I know uh, I know of like the movie. Sandra, who's in it again? Sandra Bullock and Bill Sandra Pullman. Bullock. Bill Pullman. Got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I love Sandra Bullock. Her early movies were so good. Yeah, yeah. See, see, I love, I love her just in general as like a, a rom com star. It's just like, yeah, she she brings in the sweetness as well, the charm, the warmth. 
The Proposal is one of my favorite movies, I would say. One of my favorite rom-coms. I, I, I actually did a podcast on that. And rewatching it, I feel like it's not one of my favorites, but it does have some good parts to it. It's got some good parts to it. Yeah, I, it's been a, honestly though, it has been a while. I, I wonder if I'd watch it, if I watched it today, if I would feel the same way. Sorry, I know we're getting off track, but the one thing I wanted to say is one movie I did watch last night after I watched The Wedding Singer is Neighbors with Zach Efron and Seth Rogen. Oh, I was I was, oh my God, Arthur, you, I was, I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. It's oh. so funny. You should definitely, it's on H, it's on HBO, it's on Max. Oh, okay. It's funny. Yeah. I think my, I think my, I think my girlfriend actually watched that, and I think she liked, she liked it a lot. Interesting. It's, okay. It's so funny. Like Seth Rogen and Zac Efron together are hilarious. Like I do, I, I do oh appreciate both of them. Yeah, I do appreciate both of them. So okay. Me too. Me too. Yeah, definitely watch that. And let me know what you think. But yeah, okay. I, I just it's very topical because I watched it last night and I was thought it was hilarious. Nice, nice. Always looking for more recommendations like that. Yeah. Well, we've given our wind-up scores now for the wedding. I know. Singer. Sorry. No. <laughs> I know. I, I jumped ahead, but I was like, it was just so top of mind. Like I have to bring it up to Arthur. Oh yeah. Hey, you know what? If you want, if you got recommendations, gotta bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta bring it up. But yeah. So wind-up scores. So we did that. So now we can move on into the plot breakdown. So listeners, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, maybe it's a plot podcast. Go ahead, watch it first. But. If you if you have seen it already, or you haven't, but you're okay with spoilers, then you can stay right here. And alright, the wedding singer. So we're in 1985 now, and we take off with this whole wedding reception where the wedding singer, Robbie Hart, played by Adam Sandler, is singing at it, singing specifically Dead or Alive, You Spin Me Round. And uh, already there's kind of like some sexual harassment right off the bat with Grandma Molly just grabbing onto that man's butt. I know. Also, it's so they, much so bad. They showed a baby bus too. I was like, damn, I don't think you'd have a baby bus shown in a movie today. No, it's all just, yeah, it's all just so, like, you, you can't help but cringe on the other side of your couch. You're like, oh, God, this really was okay just 30 years ago. And cringing more when we see that, that guy with the long hair letting the minor drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? His brain's not fully developed. We shouldn't be allowing this little child to drink. No, totally. <laughs> but oh well, it's a celebration. They want to drink, don't they? Oh my. <laughs> and then after that, the best man and groom's brother, Dave, played by Steve Buscemi, who I always appreciate whenever he pops up. I always love him. He goes out yes. to give his speech. And this is cringy as well. Like he, He's like, oh, I feel like the inferior brother. And then he reveals the two brothers went down to Mexico to sleep with sex workers. Oh, I know. He's a prostitute. He didn't even use sex workers. He used prostitutes, oh, which you should yeah. not say. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're saying the politically crazy. Like, you're good for saying that. He's so, he plays the same character in every movie. Like, I think of Big Daddy when he's that homeless guy who wants Big like Daddy. the. You remember when he wants like okay. the, he's like, get me a hash browns. I okay. I saw Big Daddy when I was little as well, quite a few times. But I haven't seen it in years. I want to rewatch it sometime just to see. It. Yeah, he literally just like a loser homeless guy. Like it's it's. Oh no, no, so sorry. He's the yeah no. He's the loser homeless guy, and wow. they like yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. He plays the same person. <gasps> Still, so love Steve Buscemi. I feel like it's funny. I recently saw some time ago uh, Reservoir Dogs, and like he's fantastic in that as well. Oh, I've never seen him. Is it a serious movie? 
Oh yeah, it's like it's like Quentin Tarantino's first movie, very much like an like a oh. heist like a heist action thriller. One of the Those like four dogs. it's like incredibly like physically physically and and emotionally devastating in my perspective, anyways. It's on Netflix. It looks like so. We'll have to. Ch- I'm ch- I'm just checking on my on my phone to see. Wow, I've never seen him in a serious role, so that'll be very. Yeah, that is so far. That is so far the only Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen, and I loved it. Like I gave it a four or five stars. You know, not to be a film oh. bro, but yeah, like I loved it. Oh, okay. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He is in it. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. I'll have to check it out. Uh, this is like there is like you know some outdated stuff in that movie. Just keep in mind, you know, it's definitely like mm-hmm. oh outdated, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <gasps> But, yes, Steve Buscemi, yes. Oh, also, if dad is so mean, like, calling him a moron, and I'm just thinking to myself, if dad is willing to call Dave a moron, imagine what it must have been like at home. Like, especially when, like, when they were kids. Yeah, like, screaming it in front of the entire guest. Like, you moron! I'm like, oh, God, this is just family trauma realized. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's why he feels like the inferior brother, because the family isn't treating him that way. Yeah. <gasps> and Robbie does, ma- does manage, like, save things to save the marriage because he's like hey crazy shit happens but love sees you through everything and hey i'll be married myself soon so you know was a little speech a little speech yeah foreshadowing for bad things to come yes yes and of course can't forget the moment where dave also went back on back up on stage briefly to play the guitar and he's oh, like right, right. Yeah, yeah 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 and then the, the guy with the yeah the, the long-haired guy is just so funny george yeah, it was played by Alexis Arquette. Went up to play. Yes. Do you really want to hurt me? And style to look after culture club frontman Roy George. And yes, was, I was like, I was like exactly like him. Yeah, like just like the 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 wardrobe and stuff. And and we and we cut back to George a couple like a, a a few times like throughout the rest of this of this wedding reception. Was they keep playing? Do you really want to hurt me? And people and then people are just booing. Booing George. I'm like, oh no, George. I know. Why were they booing him? Because he was good. Is it because he was a cross dresser or whatever you call it? Uh, I, I, maybe. I don't know. Because, like, maybe because George is, like, appears queer. Because I, and it's actually funny because I thought maybe George could be maybe non binary. Like, like, thrown out. I feel like they always refer to George as he, him. But I was like, oh. are they, they, them? And I was wondering, and I was wondering because I actually looked up because Alexis Arquette did transition. It was after the movie when she transitioned. Oh. It was like 2004, I think, when she came out. Oh, of well, you have all these facts. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but so, I was, so that's why I was just curious. Like, oh, maybe maybe George was non-binary. Maybe they are he him. I don't know. But wait, I'm looking at Alexis Arquette. Oh my god! So she is. I was I was gonna ask if she um related to David Arquette, and she yes, is. Yes. 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 Okay, because I was wondering that when I saw the all the credits at the beginning and they uh, pulled up Alexis Arquette, I'm like, oh, I wonder if uh, this person's married to to David. I mean, sorry, not married, uh, related. Oh, related. interesting. Yep. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep, yep. Whoa, she died. Yes, yes. Also, yeah, that's important to note. Yep, died. Oh my God. Really young at four. Sorry, I am going on a rep. at six. She was only forty seven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I quite young. It's tragic. Rest in peace, Alexis. Oh my God. Okay, uh, sorry, I'm getting way off track. But okay, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, you know, that was my question. You know, about about George. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then oh, and then we get introduced to Julia Sullivan, played by Drew Barrymore, 
who oh gets her gets her ass grabbed by someone, her butts, oh no, by an, mm-hmm. by this old guy. And then more sexual harassment comes up, mentioned a bit at least, when we're introduced to her sister, Holly, who... Yeah. Or the cousin, I think, right? Cousin, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I wrote sister in my nose, and then I'm like, wait, no, cousin in my head. The cousin. only reason I remember that is because at the very beginning, he's like, oh, have you met Holly's cousin? She's way, like, Holly's a lot easier. Like, just making comments about, like, women's... Sexual appetite, basically. Right, because also, don't, don't forget Sammy. Sammy, Robbie's friend. Sammy, played by Alan Colbert, who is also in Little Nicky, by the way. Yes! Uh, Sammy, is, Sammy is so hot for Julia and making comments about her. Yes. But, yeah, so Julia, we're introduced to her and Holly, and we got that whole moment with, like, oh, Holly showing her breasts, having shown her breasts to Andre, so easier work environment, as you've said before. <sighs> And then Julia goes, she's like, don't, no, I'm not interested. Because he's like, oh, do you want to do it? Do you have an easier work environment? And she's like, no. Oh, my God. I just cringe even repeating it. It's so bad. Also, Andre, uh, Andre, uh, he's wearing this relaxed shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. That's Um, funny. How ironic. Yep. And we learned that Julia moved to New New Jersey to be closer to Glenn, and she's been wearing this ring for two years, when for he set the damn date for the wedding. Typical. Uh, typical, like, women always, like, the stereotype of women wanting to get married as quickly as possible and just waiting on the man. Yes, yes. <gasps> and then Robbie is helping the kids. Earlier, remember, the kid was drinking his alcohol, helping the kids puke into the dumpster out back. And we also get another moment from a drunken Dave who is howling as he leaves. And Julia is a witness to all of this. Yes. So so that's how she and Robbie have the meet cute. They get to talking. And she's continuing to express her concerns over her marital future. And he's trying to shield her up, being like, hey, you know, you're definitely helping people with your job. Yeah. And like, and she, I like how they, they have this very sweet, tender kind of moment of like, they're both happy for, or he's happy for her because he's excited about his own impending nuptials. He's like, well, I'm getting married. Like, what about you? And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. He hasn't popped the question, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like, they're, yeah, like you said, it's a meet cute. Yeah. And, 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 it's fun, and it's cute also when, when Julia is like, if I ever get married, you can sing at my wedding. Cute little moments. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we cut to Robbie helping his neighbor, Rosie practicing for her upcoming 50th anniversary. Oh, I so thought she was his grandma. I thought she was, she was his grandma for the longest time when I was that old. No, me too. I had no idea that it was just some unrelated older woman. Yep, yep. Just, just a neighbor. Yes. yes, I told her I was grandma as well. And, and this is when we learned that she had sex with eight men before getting married. And she's like, that would be like 200 today. Oh, yeah. She's like, I've, only, I've had eight sexual partners. And she's played by Ellen Albertini Dow, who died in 2015 and lived to be 101 years old. Oh, she died in 2018? Oh, 2015. 2015. 2015. Oh, Ellen Albert. Yep, yep, yep. 101. Damn. And Rosie uh, ends up paying Robbie, you know, paying, quote unquote, with meatballs, one in each hand, because she doesn't have any clean Tupperware, and she insists she take a bite in front of her so she can watch him and enjoy it. And she even, like, oh, squeezes yeah. his hands with her meatballs inside her grip. And when I was younger, I remember even being like, a little grossed out for that. I was like, oh, the bare hands. 
Ew, that is yeah, and like, cause like, but like, did she? I, I kind of, I think I might have missed that part. Like, like I, I watched that part, but like, did she just never pay him cash? Did she just pay him back in food? Was that like the whole thing? I am. It could have been. I could never specify. I don't remember what I was specifying, but it could have been easily some food payments. Hey, you want some delicious food? Meatballs, lasagna, some chicken. You know, whatever. Yeah, because yeah, the reason I asked is because. Towards the end, Robbie goes, you know, I'm done doing favors for people, you know? So I'm like, oh, maybe he doesn't – he gives singing lessons, voice lessons to them for – as a favor, not as a in, favor. like, money – not like a money consideration is exchanged. Okay. That's what I thought. That would – yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And now we cut to Robbie's wedding with his fiance Linda. And Julia is a waitress there. And when she gets dropped off by her mom – and her mom is just like, hey, look at Linda. You're prettier than her, and she's getting married before you. <laughs> and then she's also like, hey, fake a pregnancy to rest that along. Yeah. Great advice. It, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not. And, like, Drew Barrymore, her character is just so sweet and kind of naive. Yeah. Just, I don't know. She, yeah. Earnest. Yeah. Yeah, earnest. Earnest. Yes, that's a perfect way to describe her. She's just so earnest and sweet. <gasps> and we've also got the violin cover of Don't Stop Believing." Saying at the wedding, which is funny because in Bedtime Stories, another Adam Sandler movie, which I also saw a lot when I was a kid, Don't Stop Believing was part of the soundtrack for that. It was a huge part of that movie, and that and that movie hooked me on to Don't Don't Stop Believing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I didn't know. So, da, 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 da. Yep. Oh, I love the tune. Yeah, Bedtime Stories. By the way, that's a that's a stay tuned for Two Cents Critic because that's a, a weird movie. They have some strange things happening there. <gasps> right. Yes, and then and then oh no, Robbie's sister informs him that Linda left a note saying she isn't coming today. A note, like a post-it from Sex in the City, basically. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I was looking up. Um, you know, Linda, the woman who plays Linda, her name is Angela Feathers Featherstone. Angela. Oh, yeah, Angela Featherstone, and she plays the woman in Friends who break up Ross and Rachel. That we were on a break. Yeah, oh. she's Chloe. Yeah, I was like kind of doing a deep dive because like it's kind of interesting to watch wow. uh, older movies and kind of see where are they now type thing. Yeah, like the more lesser known. And I, I actually have the wedding singer cast up on my second screen. And interestingly enough, Shanna Mochler, who is Travis Barker's ex-wife. She was a flight attendant in the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's all these people that are coming out, oh. like the David Arquette uh Alexis Arquette, it's just very interesting. All these all these people that are like quite germane even today. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. Oh, love the connections. Love the connections. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, Linda loves to know. So Robbie walks off to this little this little bit building, this little shed of sorts, and just takes a moment there, looks in the mirror, and then breaks it. That's his anger, and everyone can hear him screaming from outside. Oh, no. It reminds me of 27 Dresses when, have you seen that movie, 27 Dresses? Okay, that's another movie that I saw a lot at, when I was little, and I'm actually, I've got that schedule to do a podcast on it in the, in the future. It's so good. It reminds me of when she's screaming in the alley. She's like, ah! And then she looks over, and there's like a wedding to her right. She goes, sorry. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yes, I had that yes. moment, right? Absolutely. I love that movie. That's one of my favorite rom-coms, I would say. Yes. Yeah, you know, James Morrison, yeah, Catherine Heigl, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Classic cast. 
And then now Robbie is grieving this whole this whole crap. Uh, we've also got White Wedding playing on the TV, and this next scene, by the way, takes place like on the same day. It's not even like a week later or two weeks later. It's like the same day. Yeah. And Sammy and another guy, another friend, Andy, played by Frank Severo, are accompanying him. Meanwhile, the kids are just running around, and one of them is wearing a, a Freddy Krueger mask. And the same kids, oh, yeah. the same kids do like the devil de- de- design over the Linda photo, over the photo of Linda. Remember? Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, and he, he has like the, the hands, like the Freddy Krueger, like whatever. <laughs> the claws. fingers. The, the knives. Yeah. yeah. It looks scary. I was like, geez, that's a very realistic costume. It is, it is. Right? <gasps> and and, and Sammy, Sammy says, like, you know, Robbie wanted to get married since the third grade, which is which when mom and dad died. So we're adding and just, a, just a little bit of history there for, for Robbie and why he is so... Like, he has a whole idealistic vision of marriage and romance. Yeah, and, and they've known each other since they were kids, like you said. So it's kind of just been his fantasy since he was a little boy. Yes. Uh, and Bryce Hopper is missing from the wedding cake. Just, mm-hmm. You know, Robbie has it. And now we have him sitting outside the house on the porch, and Linda drops by. And I'm like, you have the gall to come by here after you're like, oh, I don't want to marry you. Yeah, by leaving a Dear John note? Like, come on. Yep. And, it, and even here, how she, she admits that she, like, she loved Robbie back when she was a singer for his band, so Final Warning. And it's like, oh, so you wanted to be with him when you thought he could be famous, when you thought he could make money. And I love when Robbie is like, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Literally, it's like, why didn't you have this thought before the wedding? You had to ditch me in front of all my friends and family. Yeah, and like you said, she had the gall to come over the same day. That B-I-T-C-H. Yes. That's so funny. She had the gall. Yep. <laughs> And even the kid, and even and then the kid comes out, and it's like Linda, you're a b word. Literally, yeah. I'm like, you go, kid. I loved those kids. They were so. It always makes me laugh when I see kids in comedies, like just being super crass. Yeah, and like it, it, you know, it, it, you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, they had to learn how to use these words at such a young age. Yes, and I'm pretty sure he might have picked that up from Sammy. I have a feeling. Oh, totally. Oh. <gasps> So then we so then we go back over to Julia's perspective, and also this is when Ninety Nine Live Balloons pops up as part of the soundtrack. Yeah, good soundtrack. Yeah. Great, great have, soundtrack. We have, we have Julia and her, and then her fiance Glenn pops up, surprises her, and presents an offer for them to have their wedding in Las Vegas, the romance capital of the world. The romance capital of the world. And then Robbie. We go back to Robbie, who was living in his sister's basement. So Sammy is like dropping by and telling Robbie, like, "Hey, you got to sing at the wedding tonight. Come on, there'll be women there." But oh no, oh. at the wedding, Robbie is so so sad. He's literally crying on stage. <gasps> literally yeah. crying. Yeah, while while singing, he's crying and singing. <laughs> and he he shouts he shouts at the dad. As a dad, like he's got. Oh yeah, and he's, it's it's very painful. He's pointing out everyone here who won't find true love, including, as he says, the mutants at table nine. Oh yeah, and they like pan over to table nine. They're like all wearing like scarves and like hats and looking very mysterious. Like they just look really creepy. 
<gasps> oh my god this, this is what i was talking about with like the fat shaming like yeah i was thinking about like what if you're like a fat person that's cast to be a fat person like i actually read an article about shallow hal have you seen that movie with jack black i've seen bits of it not the whole thing but uh i have a feeling if i were to watch it i would be i would want to set the movie on fire if i watched it <laughs> I use it's so problem. Me and my sister used to watch that movie all the time growing up, and I remember watch reading an article about the woman who played Gwyneth Paltrow's bo- fat body double, oh. and saying how she developed insane eating disorders and how she was like it really messed with her self confidence because like she oh, was yeah. cast as a, as a fat person. So it's like I was thinking about that guy when they're like, oh, this fatty, come on, we all just want to get to the cake, right? This fatty can't wait yeah. till his next yeah. meal. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, I, I felt so badly for that, for the fat guy who was cast as a fat guy, you know? Because it's not like yeah. you're, you have a fat suit on, you're just playing yourself and you're getting abused. I think it's, like, it's, it's for that, but even just for, I feel like also for, for people who are sin as well, like maybe if you're cast specifically because of your sinness or cast because of your beauty, which is like, mm-hmm. it, there's also the layer to that and how that's focused on their looks. And then they end up growing their own insecurities and their own, and their own body yeah. dysmorphia as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're held to the standard that because you're known as the pretty girl. So you must always be flawless looking. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about Holly's character, actually. Because she was on like the, she was on the Brady Bunch. And she's, oh. yeah, she's, yeah, she was like, she was the parody yes, and right. she was in like Zoolander. By Christine Taylor. Yes, yes. Yes. Benzilla's wife. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She always kind of plays like the pretty, pretty yeah. girl. Yeah. <sighs> and then Robbie also threatened to strangle the dad with his microphone wire. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. After which he launches into Love Stinks and even gets some of the audience to participate. Yes, because Love Stinks is such a fitting song for a wedding. I know. But then he offers a microphone to the dad who punches him, which then sparks off a whole brawl with one of the guests fighting into the dad's side. Yeah, it's like becomes this whole brawl at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And while, while, while Robbie just keeps shouting, Love stinks! Yeah. And in the fallout, Julia finds Robbie and the dumpster, and she mentions... That was so of- gross. That was yeah. so gross, by the way. Yeah, dumpster. Oh, again, a dumpster, because we had a dumpster earlier as a kid puking into one, and now Robbie finds himself actually yeah. in a dumpster. Oh, good correlation. I didn't pick... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Wait, is it, is it the same place? Is it the same location? It looks like it. That's what looks- I was wondering. I feel I feel like they do weddings at the same location. I feel like he's the the venue singer for he's the singer for that specific venue. I have the same thought. I remember even the dumpster, like the back, the whole back part back of the alley. building, look it yes. all looked the same. It's like oh, yes. so you you had a you had a dumpster that got the puke in it some time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest. No, I have this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same venue. I think you're right because the back alley looked the same. And Julia mentions that cop, the cops are still here to interview some witnesses. Oh, yeah, that was funny. They're still interviewing witnesses. That was funny. So now Robbie is like, I can't do the singing shit anymore. And she's trying to boost his spirits. She wants him to sing at her wedding with Glenn. Because, yeah, you know, they actually have, like, the date coming up. And she ha- oh, she's yeah. having the engagement party in two weeks. And she wants Robbie and Sammy to come. Yeah, I know. It's, and, and and he, you can just tell he's like, I can't, in my mind, I'm like, Drew, stop. Or Julia, stop. Like, he's clearly hurting. Don't talk about your wedding now. Like, just stop. No wedding talk. That was like what I was going through my mind when I was watching that scene. I'm like, stop talking yeah. about weddings. No more. So 
now we cut to two weeks later, and we've got Robbie driving by his sister's place. There's a, there's a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Oh, which yeah. just felt, it's just so so old watching that. I don't know for some reason. That's just so, old commercial. So old. I had the same thought. I was like, God, I who watches commercials anymore? You know what I mean? No one watches commercials. I mean, kind of. We watch it on social media and on TikTok, so we have like true, true. advertisements online, just not on the TV. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's traditional commercials. Yeah, yeah, traditional commercials like the the ones that would be done for like video games and video game consoles. And there, like, I don't know if you know about this, but there are some weirdly horny uh, video game commercials. Really? Like there's there's this one that's advertising like oh a Street Fighter game, and there's this kid, and the whole ad and makes it look like he's masturbating in his bedroom. And his mom is outside and thinks he, he's masturbating, but he's actually just getting excited over playing the Street Fighter game. It is such oh. a strange, strange commercial. And even, like, the, the voiceover is, like, it's good. It's real good at the end of the Ew. commercial. And, it's like, and that's not the only oddly horny commercial for the video games and video game consoles. If you look them up, it's a whole bunch. It's weird. Like in the nineties. No, like commercials? no, no, like nineties, nineties or two thousand. Oh, nineties commercials. Like you, oh, when you weird. watch it, it's like, oh, this was definitely the nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. Oh my god, I'll have to look that up afterwards. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It was so um, sexually just inappropriate. Yeah, they don't get canceled these days. Sexually charged. Yeah. And now the kids are making fun of Robbie for his nervous breakdown, and one of them is like, "Cuckoo's nest, cuckoo's nest." Yeah. Well, now it's like mental institution, mental institution. Oh my god! Like that's not good to say, but I would admit now I was little. Like that got me chuckling when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and that's something that we would have said as little kids because you're so like you're just so dumb. You don't know any better. Oh yeah, you're just you actually like you find you you find like oh if someone is mentally unsound oh you find that to be amusing. Yeah, (laughs) I know it's like so problematic now. (laughs) Oh god. So Andy Rob, uh, warned Robbie about the spark you lose and romantic relationships. And he's like, you know, hey, you know, my relationship with Kate, you know, I, I did flow out of it. You know, sometimes it goes up, mm-hmm. has, it's up and down. But we can get spicy at times, you know. Maybe she works my nipples. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe she, she's like, isn't, he's like, isn't that that's my sister? That's my sister. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the engagement party... I really don't like how Glenn is putting all the wedding duties on Julia. It's like, he sucks. Yeah, so yeah, very selfish. Just very like, just so he's so smug. I think that also adds on to like how selfish he is. Like he's so yes. smug about it all, and he's like, oh, he's like the the bonds. You know, he's in bonds and bond trading and investments. He, he, yeah, you're right. He's so that's such a good way to describe it. He's just smug and just like, he's a dick. <laughs> She's a dick, like... And already at the beginning, like... Oh, we hate him more later on as we find out more about him. Oh, he's not a good person. And I like... I do like the moment when Julia makes this little disgusted face. When Glenn's buddy is like, Glenn will be so wasted, he won't even know what flowers are at the wedding. It was just a nice nice little moment, like, you know, kudos to to Drew Barrymore for that little acting moment there, you know. little, Little disgusted face. Her looks, yeah, her looks are speak a thousand words. Yeah. Even though I do wish she wouldn't cross the picket line in real life, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and now we have Robbie and Sammy arriving. And Sa Sammy's got this red jacket, he's got a silver glove that Robbie advises him to, to, to take off. It looks like, it looks like, a, like a silvery, silvery foil-esque glove. It's like a Michael Jackson, like, one glove thing. Yes, yes. Or okay. something, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's it. I, I, I didn't think of that, but yes, that is the correct comparison, yeah. Because that's kind of topical for that time, too, for the 80s, I feel like. Isn't that yes. when Michael Jackson was kind of coming up? Oh, yeah, 85, yeah, 85, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I will say, I will compliment Glenn here, because I do think he pulled off his outfit well. I noticed that. He had, like, this white jacket and a pink shirt. I did like the look. He he had, like, style, for sure. Glenn's yeah. character. Yeah. Which, I, yeah, I mean, he, he has money, so yeah, he can afford, you know, some good clothing. Yeah. And I should mention, so Glenn's friend, Jason, he was the one earlier, like, oh, he's so drunk, you know, he won't talk, he won't be able to know about the flowers. He's played by Stephen Brill, who's actually directed quite a few Adam Sandler movies, including Cupid Halloween, mm. Mr. Deeds, Little Nicky, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, and then also, also directed Walk of Shame, which basically looks like what if After Hours, but with Elizabeth Banks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I had the wedding cast up on my screen. And yeah, he, he was like just a friend of. So that's interesting that he's actually like a director kind of guy. I think it, happens, it happens a lot with like the Happy Madison movies. So just bring in like, hey, people they know. Hey, you know, whether you're an actor or a director or, a director or a screenwriter, hey, you want to pop in for a bit role, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very, yeah, he's, he's. Responsible, yeah, Sandy Wexler, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I think that's something I can appreciate about Happy Madison movies is that even if they are cringy for me to watch, I can appreciate how, like, it's very much like a buddy community. Like, people just, people, you know, they just know people, they bring on sets. And I have heard, like, Adam Sandler movies are very fun to work on. They're basically a vacation, which is why people sign up for them, you know? Oh, that's so fun. So what, like, what have you heard about, like, what goes on on set on his movies? It's just... I think it's just a very, like, fun, like, laid-back, easy-going environment, apparently. I mean, I, I'm assuming Adam Sandler probably must be easy to work with. I think he, yeah. he, I think he also treats, his, like, his workers pretty well, from what I've heard. Like, I think he'll give out gifts. Sometimes he'll give out gifts, like, entire cars, or just, like, gifts to, gifts to people on sets. I think it's probably oh. just, like, a good environment to work in. It, I, I've heard a whole bunch of stories. I've, like, heard a whole bunch of stories. I could I, I could totally see that because he he looks he appears as if he would give like a more laid back environment and he'd be a good boss. I could yeah. totally see that. I like that. Me too. Me too. Again, even if I don't like the movies, I can appreciate the you know the people behind them. Yeah. And then so Jason, he's being rude some more when he's like, oh, hey, uh, hey, Robbie, I want to talk some more about your nervous breakdown. Oh my god, this is so cringe. Yeah. Which, I do love how Robbie does fire back at him. And he's like, hey, my parents died when I was 10. Want to talk about that? Why would, he's like, why would I want to talk about that? He's like, I don't know. Why would you bring that up? No, I love the clapback by Adam Sandler's character. That was so good. Yep, yep. Oh, also, and then when Robbie tells Jason to have a few drinks and then drive home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, why don't you just have a few drinks and then drive home? I was like, oh, God. I don't know if that would fly either in this day and age. No, but you know what? In this movie, I can appreciate it, honestly. Totally. Because he's a dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, towards Jason. Yes. Yes. And then Robbie told Julia that Sammy wanted to hit on her the first time he saw her. And he's like, hey, oh, you yeah. wanted to give it to her. Remember that? And Sammy just walks off in a way. She goes, give what? Like, like you said, she just so, she's naive. That's what I mean. She's so naive. Give what to me? Like, she was just so cute. And like, yeah, just... Uh, Not really all the way understanding what yeah. they were intending. 
So, yes, and then, so, yeah, Robbie and Julia are talking somewhat, and this is when we learn Glenn works on Wall Street. He's in Bond specifically. And Julia went to Marshall, which sort of floral centerpieces. Oh, florist, yeah. But Tony's is way more affordable and better. Yes. Per Robbie's recommendation, because he's been around the block when it comes to wedding plannings and stuff. Yes, yes. So then we cut to Robbie going back for another singing session, another event, this time for a bar mitzvah, not a wedding. Better environment. Better environment for him. Yes, yes. We, yeah, he, he, he shouldn't be allowed at weddings for, for the near future. Bar mitzvah's fine. <laughs> Correct. And oh, also after the band, George was singing again, do you really want to hurt me? And I I'm like, he <laughs> George, do you he have any, any other song to sing? Just, I <laughs> no. I think that's his only repertoire. That's only in his repertoire. It's that one song. No. Do you really want to hurt? That's a great song, though. It is. It is. Such a good song. <sighs> and then Robbie chats with this overweight little kid who got rejected by a goal. Kind of like some wolves with fat shaming. You know, because it's like, oh, look at him. Look at this little kid who's Total- overweight. Remember him as Bruce Bogtrotter in Matilda? I was going to bring that up. Yep. Because, you know, I went down a rabbit hole when I saw him on the screen. I go, oh, my God, that's Bruce Bogtrotter. So then I looked him up. He's actually, like, he's, like, about my age. I think he's, like, 30, a little, maybe a little older than me, like, 33. He's very good looking. His name is David Cars with a Z. And Uh, he is, he's lost lost a lot of weight. Uh, Jimmy Cars. I wrote down my notes. Jimmy Cars. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jimmy Jimmy Cars. Yeah. Obviously, it's like a lot of baby fat too, but um, yeah, I was just, I was laughing because you're right because his whole shtick when he was younger was playing the fat kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. How does that, you know, weigh weigh on you psychologically and emotionally, you know? Especially as a child and just being bullied for your weight already probably in real life and at school versus like having the whole world watch you as a fat kid. Probably super sad. And it reminds me actually of Robert Capone who played Rowley and died from the kid movies. And I feel like as as little, when he was little, he was like also overweight as well. Like, you know, kind of like a chubby little kid. And he had like this whole transformation when he, now that he's grown up, he's like 25 years old. And he, and it's like, uh, Robert Capone, he was in the Wimpy Kid movies. Got it. Robert Capone. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he had a, he had a whole transformation as he grew up, and even like the, even yeah, like the hair. Was... It's funny to see him like in real life. He has like dark and he has darker hair, but I feel like in the Wimpy yeah. movies, his, his hair is a little brighter, but darker hair in real life. Yeah, just interesting. Uh, I have so much nostalgia for this movie, by the way, the Wimpy Kid movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Robbie is trying to cheer up this kid who, by the way, is only credited in the, in the cast as studliest kid at Bar Mitzvah. Yeah. <gasps> Not even an official so name. funny. Yeah, just studly kid. <gasps> so Robbie has this whole thing where he has Julia like, pick the coolest, most unlusory kid in the bunch to dance with, which is the studliest kid. And, Jimmy Cars. Yes, yes. Bruce Bogtrotter, yeah. Yes. And Robbie sings that's all while they're dancing. And also, uh, the bus, they didn't, like, at this point, I was like, what is it with the bus in this movie? But after the, everyone's grabbing onto the bus, even Sammy and Andre were dancing and they were grabbing onto the old bus too. I know. And like how at the very end when Adam, when Robbie looks to Julian, he goes, are you going to tell Glenn about how he grabbed your butt at the end? Like butt grabbing is a whole thing in this movie. <laughs> I'm, You're right. Yeah. I didn't even so think of strange. that. It is. And even like, 
And even when, when like when all when all the boys were like were regarding Julia as just trying to pick out a kid, and then yeah. it wasn't one of them like, oh, I like to do more than dance with her. I think. Yeah, it? yeah. It's just like so perverted. These guys are twelve and thirteen. Like, oh my god, it's so bad. Uh, I'm also surprised when Sammy and Andre were grabbing their own butts. I'm surprised no one made like a homophobic joke. Like, look, two guys grabbing their butts. It just happened. Oh. Like, I did kind of appreciate. Yeah, right, right. I mean, like, it's shocking that they didn't make that comment considering the time that this movie was made. But yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. So yes, the dancing, and then and then Julia thanks Robbie for recommending Tony the floors to her, and she asked him for help with organizing the whole wedding, which he ends up agreeing to. Which, yeah, I know that was so cute. Yes, which gets followed up by Robbie and Julia interviewing. Just uh, I couldn't I couldn't figure out like who was the person they interviewed. Was she like a photographer? Maybe I couldn't tell. What what which part? I, I remember when they were in that. Um, oh yeah, wasn't she's that one, like um? She's the one who assumes they're a couple at first. And can, yes, 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 yes. I couldn't tell either. I couldn't tell. I like what what her okay. she, like her role was. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Okay. But yeah, probably some kind of like wedding photographer, like wedding planner or something. Like they were interviewing someone. It was it was someone essential, someone. Yeah. And she compares them to other great couples like Donald and Ivana, Woody and Mia, and Bert and Lonnie. Donald and Ivana, that's that's rich. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh no, we're just brother and sister, like just fucking around with her. Yep, I love that. And and, and he pulls her hair, and she bites, and she bites him back. He's like, ow! He's like, ow, that hurt! Yeah, yeah, that was funny. And Who was she? Actually, I think you're right. She was a photographer because there was all the photos on the back. Like, right. You're the right. Photos. Like, okay. stage photos. Okay. Yeah, like, very early 90s family photos. Yes. Yeah. And I do like the whole joke when she compares them to the other couples because the whole joke, of course, is that these couples, and I'd like to just confirm, see, all these couples she listed off had all split up. Yeah. Because remember, it took place in 1985, but I think they all split up after 85. And yeah. the movie released in 1998, so that's the whole joke. Which yeah, I appreciate. Right. Especially, like, yeah. Woody, Woody and Mia, that is such, like, I feel like, wow, a couple to throw in there. Especially yeah, with, that's a problematic couple. Like, literal child predation. Especially with Woody Allen, who is uh, still in Hollywood now and getting his movie like presented at the Venice Film Festival. Somehow, oh, oh he's still in Hollywood. Oh, look at him. Along with Roman Polanski. Yeah. Like, Roman Polanski, is full on, he's, he's convicted. He can't come back to America if he wants to, if he wants to stay out of jail. So, out of prison. What, what did he, yeah, what, what is he known for? Roman Polanski. So, he's directed a lot of movies like Rosemary's Baby. Oh, right, you're right, uh, you're right, you're right, right, you're right, you're right. With Mia Farrow. Chinatown. Yeah. Pianist. The pianist, yes, that's right. Yeah, it was oh Adrian Brody. Yep, yep. Yes, because I was, I was watching. I know you like Succession. I was watching that towards the end of season three when Adrian Brody comes on as yes. like a cameo. Yes. And then I just got down a rabbit hole of the pianist. But yeah, uh, Roman Polanski is problematic. It's bad. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Lots oh. one pack there. <laughs> yeah. And and then we cut to Robbie and Julia having. This guy, uh, Remy Moore, played by John Lovitz, auditioning to be the singer for Julia's wedding, and he sings Ladies' Night. And Julia's just like, he's ridiculous! And then she definitely, like, basically tells him to piss off after he says to Robbie that his business has grown since Robbie quit. Yeah, oh, right, 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 because he, he, he couldn't sing anymore, so basically he was like a stand-in for that venue. 
Yep. When Robbie was out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of confused. Because like I thought that was going to turn it more to a storyline. Because towards the end of that scene, they pan to to the guy, the other, the you know, other alternative wedding yep, singer. Yep. Yeah. Yes, behind the curtain. And he says something like, oh, like, he said something. I, I can't remember exactly what he said. <laughs> but, like, didn't, I thought there was going to some be something that came like, out of that. I can't remember the exact quote, but he was like, you're breaking down. And I'm reaping all yeah. the benefits. Yeah, yes, like that's that. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I thought that was going to turn into a storyline, but then it didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Which it's more just alluding to Robbie's breakdown, like impending breakdown, maybe. Like I guess he's already broken down, but like, yeah. It, yeah. I, that that was kind of. Point. I was like, what is this purpose of that part? You know? Yeah, it's, it's just thrown in. It doesn't lead anywhere. But oh, oh well. Yeah. I do like I do like during that moment when he, I love how the, the curtain slowly closes in front of John Lovitz's conniving face. Yes. Yes, yes, the red, that red uh, curtain. And he pops up, I think he popped up in some Adam Sandler stuff too, including, I think, Grown Ups, one of the Grown Ups movies, either the first one or the second one. What's his name again? I'm just looking at uh, the... John Lovitz. John, okay. John... Yeah, he's, oh, pop- he's popped up like SNL stuff, you know, comedies in general. That, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Julia asked why Robbie got into the wedding singing business, and she said he kind of did it just to make money until he could be a rock star. Truthfully, though, he wants to be a songwriter, and he actually has a song that he wrote half of when he was with Linda, the other half after she dumped him, and yeah. it's called Somebody Kill Me, which he sings on stage, and holy crap, like, this is, like, it's so, it's, I still find it to be very, like, darkly funny, like, pitch black comedy, but oh, it is so grim. It is, because, it's, like, it, it's, like, all sweet, 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 and then it's, like, well, that took a turn. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Well, that took a turn. Like, it's just, there's so many emotions in this song. It's up and down, up and down. I know. It. I, I, I do think it's like a, a good song for the purpose of the song. It's a, it's a good song, got a good tune, you know. I like it totally. for the purpose it serves in the movie. And even when I was little, I actually, like, I was laughing and laughing at the song because I was like little. Yeah. It's, like, it's like when the kids earlier were like, cuckoo's nest, cuckoo's nest. It's like that kind of, you know, naive mentality. Totally. Exa- bingo. That's exactly it. <laughs> So then we cut to Robbie and Julia eating at a dessert shop. And Julia asks if he picked up any, any warning signs from Linda. So he tells the story about Linda not letting him have the window seat when they were flying over to the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, yep. He, and so he was just saying, like, oh, it was just a lot, a lot of little things like that that happened. Just like, I like kind of like glossed over because I want to be in this relationship with Linda, but it ends up being like, well, maybe I should have listened to them. Yeah. And then what? Well, and then Julia goes. She's like, "Well, it's always the little things that matter the most." Because he's like, "Well, it was little things like that." And I was like, "Oh, that's so true. It is the little things that matter the most." Yes. And and and, and of course, you know, it that does get called back to later on towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Right. Right. It's alluding to another. Yeah, to a scene that's coming up. And then we're talking about Julia, and and Robbie is questioning her, like, kind of like, "How? Well, how do you know Glenn is the right one?" And she's always envisioned being with someone that she could see herself growing old with. With, you know, growing old, you know, that does come back later as well. It does. It does. And then we have a, whole, we have a montage of Julia getting her wedding set up. We always have got to have a good old montage and rom-com. Mm-hmm. Good old montage. I love a montage. I think of, like, the wedding, the wedding planner montage yes. when Jennifer Lopez is helping Franny get ready for the wedding. And it has that music and... I love a montage scene. Me with too, the music. me too. It's just so romantic. Yeah, it's so cute. 
Yeah, it's a, good, it's, a, it's a cliche, like, you know, it's, yes, it's a cliche, but it works for a reason, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's cute, it's charming. Uh, and during this montage, Robbie cringes at giving the cake, giving some, because of passing the cake around to test it out, and, she, and he cringes at giving the cake to, the, to this woman at the shop with yellow, with yellow cheese. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that joke is kind of like in poor taste. Yeah, I know, it's just like, why we, did we need to call that out? Why was yeah. that necessary? Yeah, agreed. And they're also testing out the wedding dresses and the montage. That's also fun. All, and even George. George gets to participate in trying out the wedding dresses, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. Cute, and, yeah. And, and Sammy undergoes a limo driver test. And he's a wild driver who's trying to, like, who's not able to get around these cones very well, the traffic cones. And he's got, like, the dummies in the back of the, in, in, of the car of the limo. I love drive. Alan Covert. He's, like... He's a classic in in like these movies. Yeah, I appreciate him. I, I haven't seen him. I feel like it, it's this, and then I think Little Nicky. I feel like the only ones I saw him in, but he's funny. He's something to remember this. He is. It, it's like it's just like the eighties porn stash, you know. <laughs> yep. It's yep. it's <laughs> so like it's so uh, yeah. It and I think he was attractive back then. I think he was a good looking guy. Yeah, it's funny because I'm in a. And little Nicky, I don't, yeah, I don't think he had a mustache. So I remember looking at him there, and I'm like, "Damn, you look different without the mustache." Yes, yeah. he. It's so '80s that '80s stash. It's just, it's, yeah. So Robbie and Sammy, they go home, and Sammy got the job. Yay, the drive somehow. Yeah, yeah. No idea how he was even licensed to drive to begin with, but that's a whole other thing. <gasps> and oh no, Julia left her jacket in the back. And Robbie points out how she took it off on like on, on Knoxon Street, and she said it's not uh, it's not jacket weather anymore. And Sammy accuses him of being like, "What? What are you saying here? Do you like Julia? Why are you saying that?" Yeah, he was kind of catching on. He's like, "Huh? Say that one more time." <laughs> and then we cut to the Sullivan house, where Julia and Holly are debating appropriate wedding kisses. Oh and, yeah. And also, Holly- I actually want to hear your I want to hear your thoughts on this. What yes. is an appropriate wedding kiss? Is it tongue, oh. French kiss, or is it a light peck? I feel like a light peck is a little too light for a wedding kiss. I feel like I feel like you want it to you want there to be some passion. Like a, it's a Goldilocks kind of thing. Not too little, not too much. You know, not too yeah. little because again you want the pa- you want the passion, but not too much for the public. You know, you don't want to embarrass the public around you. So someone totally. In the I I feel like me, I would be so bashful. I. I mean, I, I, I probably won't ever have a wedding, but if I were, I would be so bashful to do that in front of my dad. I would literally just be like, and like, bye. I won't even, oh, I just don't, I don't like that. I, I just, it got me thinking. I'm like, huh, what's the appropriate kiss? I got that. I got that. But, you know, so the wedding, you know, I just feel like for me, plus, I, you know, it's a, it's a wedding. You got, you want some intensity. You want some love. Yeah. 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 No, That's I feel like, that. You're doing this whole wedding for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so, uh, so also Hardy failed to solve her Rubik's cube, which she was playing with too, which she's mm-hmm, playing around with mm-hmm. it. And so then, so Hardy thinks an open mouth kiss and some tongue is the rule, but Julia is the one who f- prefers to close lips. And 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 then Julia thinks that Hardy is like wanted to test a kiss on her, and I'm like, what? Why would you think that? That was weird. That was weird. I was Again, very confused by that. That's like a, a 90s comedy thing. Yes. Yeah. 
but Ravi is there. So it's, it's like, oh, let's test the kiss on Ravi then, because, you know, it's a few levels below that, obviously. But, Which is even weirder, though, right? Uh, I mean, if, okay, n- not any weirder than uh, kissing your cousin. Both is super freaking weird. But I was like, but why both. would you, isn't that cheating? Yeah, I, I do feel like this moment here is contrived. It's definitely contrived moments. But the song pulls it through for me, as contrived as it is and weird as it is. And even like the way that they're like, oh, it's for educational purposes, you know, that's why we're testing out the kiss. But still. Still, it was like, what? I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, this seems like a, um, this seems like cheating, borderline yeah. cheating, but Glenn yeah. deserved it, so. Glenn, 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 Glenn. <gasps> and the music swells over the kiss. And Holly tells Julia to do that at the wedding because the kiss between Robbie and Julia was like, it's got some passion behind it, you know. Again, even with the score behind it, it's like, oh, it's, it's a cutesy, cutesy charm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, if, if I just remember being like, whoa, they're actually kissing? Like, whoa. Kissing. Also, yeah. and, then, and then Robbie is like, I gave her the jacket. I gave her the jacket. And mm-hmm. and then when Glenn shows up, Robbie just says, "Oh, it's like, oh, I kissed her," and it's like just dropping that random bit of yeah, casually. Like I just kissed your fiance. Well, he doesn't. Even, well, he doesn't even say that specifically because then when he leaves, Glenn is like, "Kiss too," and Holly says, "Me." Oh right, right. Which right, is then followed right. up by Glenn saying, "Who hasn't?" <gasps> oh my god, I must have missed yeah. that part. I must. Yeah, I must have missed that part. That is um. Slut shaming. I even, yeah, yes. I even wrote and here my notes. Gasp. Yeah, literally. Like, slut shaming. Yep. So, Holly wants to go out with Robbie now, which turns into a double date for them and Julia and Glenn. Oh, also, oh, yeah, Glenn, Glenn, is... Glenn brought over a CD player as well. And when I looked at the CD player, I was like, yep, that's another thing from the 80s. An 80s CD yeah! player. Yeah! And like, and, like, is that, like, a, like, is that, like, supposed to be a boombox? Like, what is that? It's, like, $700. Yeah. That's it's expensive back then. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. that's expensive yeah I again, I love like these little, little cultural pieces like oh this was old this is like a big a big honking piece of technology it's fancy yeah I was like geez $700 for a CD player I remember be, I like my my mouth visibly like dropped I was like what <laughs> it's expensive oh. <laughs> and, and now if it's, you know for that amount of money you could you could devote that towards an iPhone or an Android no totally literally and then we go to Rosie and Robbie. And Rosie is exercising to make herself look good for other men. So her husband will know if he's still attractive, as she puts it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she thinks Robbie has lost his confidence because of his penis. And they're, like, talking a bit about that for a bit, like, clipping the extra skin off. The penis itself is very clean. Oh, my. This, yeah, it's all these, like, sexual... I kept thinking about the entirety of the movie. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not watching this with, like, my parents because I would feel so uncomfortable. Because <laughs> there's so many sexual innuendos, you know? Oh, that's like, why I'm shocked uh, at this. My mom... It was my mom who put this on a lot. So it's like, she was okay somehow with me watching this, you know, with certain scenes. And I guess I can understand why it's that babysitter who was, who was skeptical about me watching this. I can yeah. understand her viewpoints. Yeah, you're like, what? Are you watching again? And I think it's cute when when Rosie pretends to be, you know, pretends to be someone who Robbie uh, can ask out. Like, hey, you know, just look at me, look at me as, as a, a young woman who you can ask out. Yeah. And she toys with yeah. him, and it's like, no, you have a small penis, so I won't go out with you. I know Rosie's v- brutal. I mean, 
she's but she's so cute too at the same time like she just i love old people they're so yeah. cute yeah and also i like when she says you'll know when you make the right goal it's not how you feel about her it's how she makes you mm. feel about yourself and i, I and I, I really like that and i think that adds to the whole heartfelt nature of this movie because i there were some points where it's like oh you've got some some tidbits of truth here like earlier like was noticing yeah. no, noticing little, little things in a relationship what what little things partners will do to make you feel comfortable to, to show that they care about you, they're thinking about you. And then here, where it's like, oh, and how do you feel about yourself in this relationship? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good, it's sincere, it's authentic. It is sincere, yeah, it's really sincere and it's sweet because it's like that, that is how relationships should feel. How do you feel about yourself? Do you feel good and happy and, I don't know, authentically yourself when you're with someone? It was yeah. very true. It was, yeah. yeah, it was very sweet. And then Julia drops by to ask if Robbie wants to go out on a double date. And both Julia and Robbie are clearly feeling, you know, kind of dismayed while doing this. And, and meanwhile, Rosie is just off the side where she was just like, oh, I'm going to do some military presses and just watching them from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Rosie is to- all of us. Yes. And, and props to her for continuing the exercise, you know, and in, in her, in her elderly years. That's good. Yes. That's good yeah, um, I felt badly for for Robbie and Julia because you could tell they were both like, "We really don't want to do this, but if we say no, they're gonna we're gonna raise more questions. Like, yeah. well, why is it a problem if we go on a double date?" So they kind of just had to like agree to it very hesitatingly. Yeah, and now we go to the double date itself at this club, uh, and Glenn is like, "I'm in high yield bonds. How people are and junk waitressing." Yeah, because 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 Julia was like, <laughs> "He does junk bonds," and he goes, "Why do you keep saying junk bonds?" I do high yield bonds. How would you feel if I said you were in junk waitressing? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was just so, he just is so fucking slimy to me. Like, yeah. he's so slimy to me. I can't. Like, I hate looking his, but he plays the villain so well because he's he's so egotistical. And like you said, smug. Yeah, credit to the actor, Matthew Glaive, who, who played him. And like, he did capture just like, us uh, the, the grossness of his character. Gross, completely yeah. gross. Exactly. Matthew Glaive, he killed this role. Yes. He was so and believable. Also, in a couple of uh, Ben Affleck movies, Argo and The Way Back. Oh, interesting. I love Argo. Argo, yeah, I had a good time with that. It's not like my favorite, like, you know, historical, you know, political drama I've ever seen, but it's pretty good. I gave it four stars. Yeah, I remember him in Argo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, I, I, I did, I did quite enjoy, quite enjoy that movie. Oh, no, I'm seeing my rating here. It's three and a half stars. Oh, I thought he gave it four stars. Okay, three and a half stars is so good on my, on my scale. Yeah. And, and also directed by Ben Affleck, too. Argo. Yep. I love Ben Affleck. And did you see that commercial with him? Was what, what was it? Uh, Duncan. It was. It was. Yeah, it was a funny one. Yeah, Dun- Duncan, Dunkin' Donuts, and he was like putting yes. on yeah, so it's a Boston accent, and it, it was funny. Yes. It was funny. It was a funny commercial. I liked it. He's he's so attractive to me. I think. Yeah. And David Bowie's Ashana Gold is playing in the scene, and Julia and Hardy are singing a bit of bits. Yeah. And then, oh no, Julia has been drinking, so she has to go out to puke with Hardy's help. Leaving. Yeah, this was rough. I felt so because she was so uncomfortable. She even said at the beginning of the movie, she's like, "I'm not a big drinker." Yeah, remember? Yep. So she doesn't drink that much. So she's trying to get through the night by drinking and like just not feeling in her body. So this leaves Robbie and Glenn to themselves, and this is when we learn Glenn's last name is is a uh, Gulia. Well, I guess. Gulia, yeah, Julia Gulia. Yep, and but but when Robbie points that out, like, oh, her name will be Julia Gulia. Uh, Glenn doesn't get the joke. He's like, why is that funny? 
He's like, why would that be funny? And he's like, uh. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm truly wondering, like, did he truly not get the joke? Or is he just being an asshole? Like, he gets what Robbie's talking about, but he's just being stiff to be a jerk. That's a good question. I feel like either is likely, but because he strikes me as very stupid, like, yeah, he might be smart and, like, high-yield bonds, but, like, he just kind of seems dumb, so I want to say he probably didn't get it. Yeah, he didn't get it. Like, he was just stupid, yeah? <laughs> and then uh, Glenn is like, oh, well, I owe it to Julia to get buried, you know? And then he's flirting with a waitress from the distance, and Robbie, and Robbie is kind of, like, slipping into a cover here, and is pretending to be like, oh, yeah, look at that ass. You know, look at us, bro. It's so fine with infidelity to try to pull Glenn out, you know, pull Glenn out, try to be like, okay, how gross is this guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was asking questions like, how hot? How young? Like, and then Glenn is so shamelessly telling him blatantly that he cheats on Julia, and as if he's talking about how he, like, went outside to get a Jamba Juice or something. Like, it's yep. just so casual. He and it up so casually. He intends to keep doing that even after they get married because he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, I work in the city and I work long hours." Yeah, it's it's just, and you could tell like Robbie doesn't want to say anything, but like in the moment, but he's clearly so uncomfortable to like how to even continue talking with this disgusting man. It it was an uncomfortable scene to watch. Yeah, for sure. And props props to Adam Sandler for his acting because I feel like most of the time he's more focused on like the comedic moments. But I feel like here, like he does some good acting. Like just like you could tell, like Robbie is like struggling with some real emotions here. Like oh, this is bad. This is so bad. Yeah. But what do I do now? So you know, kudos to Adam Sandler here. Yeah, you're right. You could see it in his eyes. Like it, he didn't have to say anything. It was you could see it in his facial expression. Like it was yeah. conflicted. That's yes. a good point. And as Love My Way by the Psychedelic First plays, I love that song, by the way. Because when I think of that song, I think of both this and then also Call Me By Your Name. What, what, which song is it? Love My Way. It's like, love my way. Dun, 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 dun. Who sings it? Uh, the Psychedelic First. Oh, yeah. okay. Dun, okay, got it, got dun, it. Dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Love My Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And as that plays, Robbie brings Julia outside to Glenn's car. It's like this fancy car so with butterfly the doors. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's so douchey. It's like a Tesla, like what, what, what a Tesla is today. Yeah. Yeah, it's so douchey. It's so douchey with a butterfly. Yes. Oh, my God. I was cringing. I'm like, he would have that douchey car. He would. He would. He would. And, you know, I used to love Tesla when I was younger until Elon Musk showed just how much of a douchebag he is. Exactly. It's now it's like cringe. It's like, oh, you have a Tesla. Yikes. <laughs> <sighs> so then Robbie drives Holly home, and she's like, that other kiss he had is really I looked real soft, you know. And she goes to kiss him, but when when the kiss happens, he isn't into it clearly, and she makes it very clear that if he comes upstairs, you know, they'll get into bed together. But she asks about Julia, and if, and and it's like, oh, does she stay over at Glenn's place a lot? And Hardy realizes Robbie has fallen for her. Yeah, because she's like, if you come up, then you're gonna have sex. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of still heartbroken over my wedding. And she's like, wait a minute, how did I not put this together? You have feelings for Julia, and yep, he's like, yep. no, 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 I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. Uh, I don't she's like, know. Sound kind of seems like you do. And then when the when they're talking about, well, why is Julia even marrying him? And, you know, into like money, security, a nice house. And I like, to, I like to what they say, like when, when uh, 
when Robbie is like, it's not important to some people. And Hardy is like, it's important to all people. Which yeah. is an interesting point. Like money, security, a nice house. Yeah, it is what we all want. It is. I mean, I I joke about it all the time, but like I think he realizes something switches in him immediately in Robbie's character. He's like, okay, well, I can't offer that. So what can I do to offer that for Julia? Because I really like her. And then yeah. the whole plot starts to like disintegrate. Yes. At this point. And uh, next morning, Julia is recovering from a hangover. And Holly is cooking up breakfast. I must say, when I was little, I loved... Did you notice the little salt and pepper shakers? They're like these yellow... No. Yeah, they're like these, these yellow salt and pepper shakers with this flowery design on them. I remember loving them as a, when I was little. I was like, oh... Oh, how cute! Quite attractive. Like vintage? Yeah, vintage. Yeah, they look very old-timey. Just like, yeah, these cute little salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, cute, cute. And Hardy tells Julia that Robbie thinks Glenn is a jerk-off. And he also tells Julia about the whole marrying Glenn for security thing. And it's like, yeah, you know, I know why you're doing this. And, like, who can really blame her, I guess? Like, I feel like she just kind of... It's, it's like, so typical, right? Like, you've been dating someone for so long at this point. It's like, well, the natural thing is to yeah. get married. Yeah. So now we cut to Julia going over to Rosie's place to give Robbie something, but oops, Robbie isn't here for singing lessons because he's gone to the city to get a job, specifically to a bank, where he's getting interviewed by Kevin Nealon, who pops up a oh, lot. Yeah. He, he pops up a <sighs> lot and also in some uh, Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, this is so awkward, this whole scene. Oh, man. Because, yeah, because the guy is like, do you have any experience? And Robbie says, I have no experience, but I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have it all. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I you know, he, that was, like, so oh cringe. Just oh. the way he goes on, oh, my God. He's, he's like, ten, sing, you know, 10 singing lessons for one business card. Oh, oh I know. And he's like, get out of here. And so he just basically shoes him away. Yep. Oh, my God. And then, oh, also, uh, Rosie, back to Rosie and Julia. Rosie says, like, Robbie wants a big house. And I like how, I like how when she tells Julia, you can't expect him to live with her, to live with her sister and to nipple twisting that goes on in there. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it, it like, it, it's such a, like, I, I started having this existential crisis when I was watching and I was like, God, like, yeah, love is important. Like, money and love are both important. Like, you know, they how are. can I want both? Like, I want the money that Glenn gives, gives, but I also want the love that Robbie gives. Like, I don't know, I could just see, like, my life started flashing before my eyes. I was like, oh, shit, am I in the wrong here? Should I want love, yeah. not money? I, I especially feel that too, especially as someone who is like financially struggling at the moment. It's like, yeah, you know, some money, some moolah would be nice. Exactly. Yeah. Money would make some problems, maybe not everything better, but it would help re- alleviate a lot of my problems. Yeah. Not everything, but some problems. Yeah. Not everything, but some, yeah. <gasps> and also, I like when Rosie is like, see me boss a lesson, when she tells everybody that as well. See me boss a yeah. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And then Money, the song Money plays, you know, perfect, perfect tone as Robbie returns home to find Julia out on the porch. And Robbie is like, I'm a material boy. And Julia is like, no, you're not. And then he says, like, well, well, you are into material shit. You're marrying Glenn because he has money. And Julia is just like, yep. And Julia is just like, you asshole. And throws these papers down as she leaves. Throws the papers in her hand. Because these papers, we learned, are personalized songwriting pages for Robbie. And he's like, God, I am an asshole. 
I love his yeah. line delivery. And especially when he's like, beat it to the kid who's like, you're going to the mental institution. I know. It made me sad though because it's like Julia's gift was so sweet to him. It was like Robbie. What did I say? It was like Ro- Robbie's like Robbie Hart wants to be a songwriter. Yeah, it was like Robbie Hart's song, something like that. It was personalized like that. It was very. It was like a monogram, like letterhead, basically yeah. for his write his lyric writing. Yeah. yeah, it was really sweet. And so now Robbie is drinking his sorrows away at a bar, and this is where Tim Hurley he comes in as a bartender again to the writer for the wedding singer. Mm-hmm. And then Sammy joins Robbie, and Robbie's like, "I want to be a playboy like you now." But Sammy admits he's actually miserable. Like he spent all the time idolizing people like Benny Barbarino yes. and Fonty, but those shows got canceled yes. because nobody wants to see a fifty-year-old guy hitting on chicks, as he puts this. Yes, it, it, it was like it was like ultimately at the end of the day, we all want just security, maybe financial security, but also some, someone to love. We don't want necessarily want to be a playboy our whole life. And that's what he said. Yeah, he just wants someone to hold yeah. him. Kind of everything will be all right. And even the old guy, yeah. the old guy, the bar is comforting him. And that, you know, that was nice. That was nice to see that. that nice it was kind of like what do all humans want at the end of the day they want connection yeah again like one of the one of the authentic truths the tidbits of truths in this movie totally i totally agree so sammy is like you can't let her get get away so robbie he gets a motivation he leaves the bar and goes over to julia's place and now this is when we have julia trying on her dress and her mom is helping her killed me this scene killed me arthur i was like no (laughs) screw me at the screaming at the TV. I'm like, no! No! And Julia is like, and Julia admits, like, I don't know if I'm in love with him anymore, talking about Glenn. And she mentions Robbie, and her mom is skeptical. She's like, you know, you might just have cold feet. And then she also says that she should have fled her own wedding with Julia's dad. Yeah, great thing to bring up, right, in this conversation. Yeah, right before her wedding, yeah. Like, that you, had, that you had your own fears about your own wedding, oh no. And then my, her mom goes downstairs, and Julia has time to herself, where she looks in the mirror. And so she looks in the mirror, she practices saying, Mrs. Grand Gordia, and Mrs. Julia Gordia, which just makes her cry. But when she She's says... so sad, yes. But when she says Mrs. Robbie Hart, it gives her much more happiness. And this is when Robbie sees that. As he comes to her place, he sees her through the window, Miss, oh. and he's like, oh, I guess, I guess she's happy with, with Grand when, she, when he's looking up at her. Oh no! I was like, I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, she's talking about you, but it's like a classic case of just like miscommunication, you know? Like, yeah. we're miscommunicating what each other the signals, but we're all thinking the same thing. Oh no! I, I was literally like, my heart was like, no! And I will say, just this make I I feel like I I would cringe maybe sometimes for the whole miscommunication trope, but I feel like it was okay here for some reason. It was it was effective here. Way it was. It totally was. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And I also like how the score over the scene is drawn from Grow Old With You, the song. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I didn't. But now, now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh my god, that makes yes. so much sense. So now we go back to the bar where Sammy is still hanging out with the old guy. And he, the old guy is actually wearing his red jacket now. And Sammy is t- he's trying to teach him how to moonwalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cute. So Robbie returns his alcohol, and the bartender is like, hey, you can't drink that in here. Of course. Yep. So Robbie goes outside to drink it, and runs into Glenn and his friend group. So Robbie is just like, hey, yeah. hey, stop off this cheating shit. And Glenn has his arm around a woman, and Robbie is up for a fight, and he hasn't been in one since the fifth grade, he says. And the old guy tries to hit Glenn, but the fist just barely has an <laughs> impact. 
literally just touches him. He's like, he's like, oh, I didn't know. I guess it's like I don't know. He said something. I was, was like, laughing. He's like, oh, I, I imagine that would have done more damage. He was like, damage. I'm sorry. I used to be much stronger. Yeah, that was sad. And even and even the way when Glenn pulled back from that, it's like, oh, we're gonna punch. But then, <laughs> but then Glenn punched Robbie, and afterwards, it's like, why don't you write a song about this? You yeah. He's like, oh, it's the wedding singer, just like mocking his profession. That made oh. me sad. <gasps> And then afterwards, a sloshed Robbie goes back home to find Linda there. And now Linda is like, I miss you, and I want to come back. Oh, but Robbie just falls over to the ground. He's so... Yeah, he's just too drunk. He is loose, totally wasted. Yes, yes, he's too drunk, and it's like, now Linda comes back. After all this shit that she put on her wedding day, now she wants, you know, a reconciliation. It's like, shut up. Get out of my face. Also, I love when I love when he says, kiss my grits as he goes back to all drunkenly the place. Yeah. Also, I I noted I noted in my notes here, we only have 18 minutes left at this point. Which which feels so strange. Because I feel like at this point there's still so much that happens in the next There's so much that happens. Yes. There's so much that yeah, I felt like there's like towards the last 20 minutes, it was like everything important happened in like sequential yeah. order. Quick, 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 back to back. Yeah, I agree. So now next morning, Julia comes over to his place, but Linda answers the door, answers the door, and Robbie's Van Halen t shirt. And she's like, Oh, Robbie is in sa- oh is, is in shower. So Julia wants her to tell him she came by, and Linda calls her Jennifer. Not Julia. Yeah, and like the first thing I thought of was like, oh my god, here's another miscommunication where she's gonna think that his ex and him reconciled, and then this is all gonna end poor. Like I was like nervous. I was nervous when this happened. And then Linda wakes up Robbie by singing a bit of like, hey, you know, wake me up before you go go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, ten out of ten soundtrack, like you said. And she's like, and she's like, aren't we together? You know, I can deal with you just being a wedding singer instead of a rock star. But Robbie's like, I don't want that. Like, don't don't treat me like that. And again, this, no, he's like, get her back and leave. Yeah, I, yeah. Robbie kicks her out again. I appreciate it. It's, again, it's the little things that people are saying and doing here. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like when pe- it's like that Maya Angelou quote: "When people show you who they are, believe them." Yes. Like Linda already showed him who she was at the very beginning of the movie, and he wasn't going to handle any more BS. <gasps> And now Julia tells Glenn, hey, you know what? I'm waiting to get married in Las Vegas because, oh, I, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. When Glenn introduced the whole Las Vegas thing, she kind of like hesitantly agreed to it, but then he realized, oh, yeah. okay, you don't want to get married in Las Vegas. Okay, we'll get married here at home, you know, with your family. And now she's like, yeah. okay, you know what? Screw it. Let's go to Las Vegas. I feel like she was just doing whatever she could to just appease him. Or sorry, she just wanted to get married as quickly as possible. So she was willing to do whatever yep, it took. Get married fast. As unromantic as it was. Yeah, just as quick because she was like, I, I I can't do this anymore. Let's yep. just get married quick. So now we cut to Rosie singing at her 50th anniversary. Remember, we had her, you know, the singing lessons for oh, earlier. Yeah. And, and yeah. I love how Robbie is looking at her and her husband. And then we hear the voiceover from Julia saying, you know, I just envisioned the right one being someone I could grow old with. We hear that line again. Yeah. And then even Sammy looks at Robbie and is like, I know, I'll get the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. He do. He's like, yeah, let's just, let's, let's go. And they go straight. And it also makes me think of the times of the 80s when you didn't have to buy tickets online. You could just buy, well, we'll get there. We just buy tickets at the counter. I know. I had that thought. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Who thought, who thinks to go to the airport to go on a flight before purchasing a ticket? 
That was what I yes. thought of immediately. But oh no, Robbie learns from Hardy about Julia's encounter with Linda, and her plan to just hop over to Las Vegas with Glenn for the wedding, which is which was originally happening tomorrow, but now they're doing it today. So now they have to yeah. they have to rush along. Robbie comes up with a, with a good idea for a song along the way to the airport. Also, Rosie was singing "Rap with the Light" at the event. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, she's a legend. I oh, love Rosie. God. So Robbie, so Robbie gets the one first class seat, the one first class seat available on the plane from from the guy who has like his hairdo oh, to honor a flock of seagulls who has like the same hairstyle, yeah. curly. Cody. And he was like, he's like, I don't, he's like, can I borrow whatever? Can I borrow your credit card? He's like, will you pay me back? He's like, no, but if you don't, but if you don't give me your credit card, then I'm going to tell everyone what you said at the bar. He's like, here you go. Here's my credit card. <laughs> like he didn't want to be caught because his MO was being a player and he didn't want everyone to know that he actually longs for love, which yes. I thought was hilarious yes. and so funny. Did you notice also Sammy and Holly flirt a little? Just a little, I feel like. Just a little, just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, it kind of makes sense because I feel like they're both flirts. Yeah, definitely. Like, they're kind of a match made yeah. in heaven. Like, they're kind of both cut from the yeah. same cloth. So, and then we go to the plane, and we see Glenn won't let Julia sit in the window seat when she asks for it. And he's just like, oh, hey, you know what? I'll let you lean over me, you know, when we go to Las Vegas. And then we had that whole thing. It's like, it's always the little things. Of course, Glenn never considers Julian any, anything that would ever inconvenience yeah. him. And it's just like such a testament because we all know Robbie would have switched. Seats. Yeah, because I remember they say specifically, like, oh, I think, I think it was Robbie who was like, I hadn't ever taken a flight before or I hadn't ever taken a flight to Grand Canyon before. It was like something like that. It was like, I want to see this on my, on my first flight. Yeah. So, you know. And it's not a big deal to switch seats or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. And so now Robbie is on that plane. He gets a hot towel, but doesn't quite understand how to use it. He's also <gasps> amazed by the fact that the drinks are free. Yeah, he's like, ship a champagne? He's like, how much? It's free. He's like, free! And then the the, the flight, how different it yes. looks. Like, inside. How first class was like a big room with a, with a spiral Yes, staircase. it's so lush. And again, a towel. The, it's the so half towels. Oh was that how 80s flights were in first class? I, I wonder. I'm assuming probably. I mean, I, I I wouldn't know, but probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna look it up. Az 80s business class flights. Yeah, because it just looks so. It looks yeah, it looks much different. Like it's weird because you know when business class like there's always just there's normal rows and yeah. you know, but it looks like there's actually space to walk oh, yeah. around. I'm looking on Google like so 80s. Much it's so, so much interesting. I would you know what I would love to see an an airplane museum, but like how flights have evolved over the decades. Because, you know, when you watch, like, Mad Men, you can see, like, the flights look different. Like, the steward, they used to be called stewardess. That would be so interesting. I would love to go to a museum like that. Mad Men, I still have to watch that someday. I've heard lots of love for it. Oh, you would like it, Arthur. I feel like knowing your taste, you would definitely Ooh, I do like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, very... Because it's... I like the way that they play old-time historical events like um, J- John F. Kennedy Jr. being shot, Marilyn Monroe dying. They watched the, oh. how it would play out when people were living in that time. It, it's cool. It's kind of, kind of like a his, history, kind of like a history book. I don't know. It's, it's good. And the acting's phenomenal. It's kind of like Succession. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like very that. Like, subtle. Like, like nothing nothing huge happens or it's kind of like the very subtle character developments. Okay. You would love it. Ooh, keep that in mind then. Keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and then we also have Billy Idol on this plane, too. Which, by the way, Billy Idol got pulled into this because his real-life son was an Adam Sandler fan. So he, so he's like, okay, I'll do this with my kid. I'll be in this 
Adam Sandler movie from my son. Yeah, I was I was wondering because I was looking at the cast history. I'm like, wait, that is Billy Idol, and it is. It's not like a it's, it's him. not like a interpreter. It's real. Yeah. It's him. Yeah, which is crazy. <gasps> and then Robbie starts talking about his plans to stop a wedding to everyone, and even Billy Idol is listening. And and I love how he's like I love how he says like oh everything including women it's just possessions to Glenn, you know Billy Idol is getting is getting invested yep. in this and just story. Yeah, the whole the whole first everyone. class is just like this. Everyone. Just watching, they're just like what's going on? What what's happening? Like they're so invested. It was so cute. This is like this is the, my favorite yeah. part of the movie. Honestly, like when the first class passengers are all huddling around yes. his seat and they're all like a team. It's like first class versus like everyone else. I loved it. <gasps> There's also a moment where the drink cart bumps into Julia's elbow as it passes by, and Glenn does not even notice. Like, he doesn't care about her. He just wants his, his beer, <laughs> his Heineken. I know. She's like, ow, ow. And he's literally, like, doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, it's fine. You can take that seat. I don't want to get my – he's like, I don't like that aisle seat because my elbows bump into the cart. Right. The drink cart. He's such oh a diva. God. He's such a diva. Like, he sucks. <gasps> And then back to Robbie, where a flight attendant comes in, saying a creep and coach who thinks he's Don Johnson, as he puts it, just asked her to join the Mile High Club. Because he, he also said she was grade A top choice meat. And that's when Robbie realizes Glenn is here because that, that face, <laughs> remember that face, he, that face was used earlier in the club when, when, Rob, yes. when Robbie and Glenn were talking. The waitress, yes, waitress. Yes, yes. Oh my god. The, yes. So it's like, oh, crap, Glenn is here. And one of the elderly women asks what the Mile High Club is. Yeah, she's like, and then that, that's what I meant. That, that was Shannon Mokler. It was the flight attendant who was like, he asked me to join the yep. Mile High okay, Club. Yep. It was Travis okay, Parker's yep, ex-wife. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, but, oh, that elderly woman. Oh, so innocent. You don't know what the Mile High Club is. Oh, oh no, but. Yeah, what's that? And then Julia is reading a Rolling Stones magazine with Billy Idol undercover. Perfect timing. For instance, just Perfect. just as Billy himself is talking over the intercom, and he introduces Robbie singing the song he wrote up on the way over to the, to the airport. Roll with you. I was literally like, this is a great song. I was like, I want to stream this. Like, I would stream this song. Uh, Grow Old With You. Like, I love it. Like, it, it's, a, it's a great song. It is. I know. And, and he, because he's first, he's on, he's on the intercom, and then he heads into in the coach. And Glenn is just sleeping for the first half of the song. Yeah, I know, I know. Literally, he's just conked out. His head's rested on the window. Yep. He's totally, like, unaware of what the hell is going yeah. on. And by the way, Grow, Grow Old With You was written by Adam Sandler and Tim Hullahy. Oh, so, oh, I love yep, that! Yep. And is that, do you know if that was Adam Sandler's real voice? Oh, that's him. Like, he's, because he actually does a lot of singing. Like, you know, he's, you know, he's done the, the oh. Hanukkah song. He's also sung, like, he's, he's, he's also sung as part of his, I think, Netflix comedy specials, I think. He's done some singing. Oh, think, okay. That's yeah. so cool. That's so really in general, cool. yeah. He just he sings a lot. He he sings quite a bit. He's a good singer awesome. too. Got a good voice. No, he is. I, I was like, this is a really yeah. nice voice. I had the same thought. And so now, as he's singing, this is when you had brought up earlier. People are helping out by blocking Glenn, including <laughs> the biker, this biker yeah. gang man who's who's pissed, who's pissed <laughs> at Glenn. <laughs> For talking to Billy Idol that way, who's being who's being rude to Billy Idol, and even the guy himself, he's wearing a Billy Idol tank top. He don't talk that way to Billy. Yeah, and then he grabs the drink cart and just pushes, pushes him, him down, down, and then the air, the 
Yeah, the flight attendant just throws him in the in the in the bathroom. I loved this part. It was my favorite part of the yes, movie. Oh honestly. my god! And okay, when I was little, I genuinely thought that that she pushed him out of the airplane entirely for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, better yet, honestly, he sucks. So it would have been better if she just flew him out the airplane. You know what? Plausible, reasonable. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> Yeah, I love this part. I, yeah, and that was so funny when the biker guy just came up out of nowhere and just, like, joined in on the fun. I was like, oh, this yeah. is out of nowhere, but I loved it. Uh, and so everyone cheers for Robbie and Julia. You know, when the song when the song ends, and Billy is going to tell to his record company guys about Robbie because of how good that song was. And Robbie is like, you mind if I give her a kiss first? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, he's like, hey, do you want to yeah. collab? He's like, just one, one second, second, one second. second. <gasps> And then they kiss, yay! And then we transition from them kissing in the airplane to them kissing as they're getting married. With yay, Dave, with Steve and Jamie's Dave singing Spandau Ballet's True. Oh. Yeah. And all, every, all their friends and family are like they're throwing the rose petals yes. and like Holly's in the back and everyone's cheering and it was like, yay, they're meant to be yay. married. It was such a feel-good part. Oh, yes. It. And it's also, it's also good to see Dave come back too as the singer. A nice little car back. I know, I know. I'm like, oh, there he is. From being a rehab, post-rehab guy to now he's singing yep. at the wedding. Like, that took yes. a turn. Oh, and that is the movie. We end on them getting married. And then we have a cover of Video Killed Radio Star playing over the credits. And that's, that's it. That's the wedding singer. Oh, I'm so happy that you encouraged me to. Because I, I wanted to do a movie I'd never seen. Because cl- this is a classic 90s rom-com. Yeah. But I'd never seen it, so I'm so – I'm really happy. I, it's just really, like – it's a warm, fuzzy movie. Like, it really is. I just had a lot of fun watching it. I was thoroughly entertained. Like, I just – I'm so happy that you asked me to, to do this because it gave me an opportunity to watch a great movie that I'd never yes. seen before. Yeah, I, I, I love it, too. Just lots of nostalgia for it, and I'm glad it still holds up. You know, sometimes you watch a movie, and you're like, oh, but damn, it didn't hold up very well. Did it? But this one, it still holds up. And also, there's a musical – Adaptation mm-hmm. of it as well. There was a music adaptation that debuted on Broadway in really? 2006. Oh, I would totally want because, like you said, the music in this soundtrack is, and I'm not even like a big like music buff. I don't know that much about music, but like there was just so much classic songs in this movie, and I found myself singing along. Like it's great. I would totally see it on Broadway. Oh yeah, definitely. I love that too. And and then also John Lovett apparently he reprised his role of Jimmy Moore in an episode of the same name, called The Wedding Singer, on to Goldberg's, which was actually set during the events of The Wedding Singer. Oh. Wow. Wow, so do, do they still do this, um, do they still do the musical adaptation anymore, or did that end in, two, in the It says here it closed. It closed on New Year's Eve of the same year, two, of 2006. Ah, uh, got it. Oh, I would have loved to see it. It debuted in April 2006, and then closed on New Year's, the same year, New Year's Eve. Got so. it, got it. Oh, I would have loved to see that. Yes, definitely. Well, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? It's a fun watch. I, it kind of makes me want to watch like all the other like Happy Gilmore, like ha- like all the other comedic roles that Adam Sandler reprised during that time. Like it would be so great to kind of do a throwback. And like Drew Barrymore is such a great early '90s, 2000s actor. Like Never Been Kissed, although I did watch it recently. It's such a problem. Oh, like. The teacher. Okay, never been kissed. I've heard so much about that movie. A few of my, a few of my friends from Discord have seen it. Yeah, it looks so deeply problematic and gross. And why, why, why? 
so probably like I me and my sister watched it like I don't know a couple months ago because it's like a nostalgic it's kind of like how you're the wedding singer the wedding singer is for you like what wedding uh, never been kisses for my sister and I it would always yeah. be on always watch it but watching it I'm like so basically she's an undercover cop or whatever journalist that goes to high school a teacher is basically developing this very inappropriate relationship with a high school student and then he gaslights her to make her feel badly that she he was a part of her investigative journalism like, it's so bad. It's literally so bad. I can't – watching it, I'm, like, cringing. Wow. I'm, like, I cannot believe that this is actually – I adored this movie. But, like, it is a good movie, but, like, yeah, it's horrible at the same time. I would definitely recommend watching yeah. it so you could watch I the do, cringy pieces yeah. of it. But it's entertaining. I do want to – I'll watch it sometime. Sometime. Yeah. yeah I highly recommend. Uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, my final thoughts, you know, are the same pretty much. You know, for the wedding singer, loved it a lot, you know. Lots of chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, as we said before. They're so adorable to watch together. You know, just so movie has the authenticity to it, the genuine emotions. You know, it moves me. You know, even if parts of it don't age well to comedy, the jokes are like, oh, this is uh, really gross to watch. You know, still, like, I love this movie. It, there's, a, there's a reason why, generally, it has been often been ranked as one of, one of Adam Sandler's best comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it's funny. It's like when I was watching Neighbors right after, they use, like, that was made in 2014, right? So this was made in 1998, late 90s. Neighbors is 2014. Even in 2014, not even a decade ago, they were using the N word in this movie, like, more. Oh, times. It's really bad. Like, I, I was like, I went, oh, when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, why are they saying this? And this was in 2014. So, like, Think, thinking about how different our climb, even in The Hangover, they say paging Dr. F. Like, they, very recent movies that we consider to be very recent rock, like, comedies, romantic comedies, are still bad, yeah. you know? So, it just, we've changed a lot, even in the past three yeah, years. Definitely. So. But, <laughs> yeah, I guess one more thing I'll say about The Wedding Singer is that apparently Boy George thought it was hilarious when he saw Alexis Arquette oh. doing an imperson- impersonation of him and singing, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Yeah. Hilarious. That's, oh, I, I love that he was in for yes. the fun. What, um, what are some things that you recommend? I already gave my neighbor's recommendation. What, what is something you, re- you want to recommend? Well, okay, so it's funny that you say that because I feel like, you know, that segues into good word, which I should say, you know, good word, that's the segment where we each get to recommend something, mm-hmm. a book, a movie, a TV show, podcast, music, and anything yeah. we want so your good word then would that be neighbors yeah and you know what some book that i'm reading right now i know colleen hoover is like a big author right now people are reading a lot of her stuff verity it ends with us is like some of them i've done a few episodes on her work i look i love i love a few, i love a few of her books but damn colleen hoover oh she has a problematic as well pro problematic i am reading though it starts with us have you read that? yes 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 i did you like it? I, I'm, I'm like 40% I I liked it. I don't love it, but I like it well enough. Like, I don't think it's necessary as, like, a, a sequel to It Ends With Us, but I, mm. I liked it well enough. You know, I, I even did a whole episode on it, actually, a whole podcast. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, did you? Okay. How did you? I, I like it. Um, I think It Ends With Us, I got through much faster. How did you think It Starts With Us compares to It Ends With Us? I'm curious. Uh, I like I like seeing more of how the story unfolds with the characters and and it starts with us, you know, just seeing learning more about Lily and Atlas and then of course like a mm-hmm. uh, Ryle, Ryle Kincaid, bleh. Mm-hmm. But you know, I like I, I like mm-hmm. following the characters more. 
at the same time, like I said before, it does feel extraneous. Like, I didn't need this to happen. I am satisfied with the story yeah. we had in It Ends With Us, which is, get, by the way, getting the movie adaptation right. with Blake Lively coming up in the future. Right. Uh, but... Right, right. But, uh, yeah, like, again, I liked it. Like, I think it gave it probably like a 70 out of 100 wind-up score or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you know my thoughts because I'm... I want to finish it soon. Like it's just been in my Kindle for for a while, so I just would like to finish it. But um, it's good. Yeah, it's good enough. Like I'm not I'm not like dying for it, but it's just something that I'm reading right now. What about you? Uh, for me, well, I should I I do want to say first, and with us, I do I I, I like I've got love for that. I do think it handled like the, the heavy I subject love... matter quite well, and I'm I curious. I it it made me sob. Yes, I'm curious as to how the movie would adapt it though, because I like the movie cannot. I don't yeah. want it. I can't be mocked. Like, oh, this is some like romance movie. It's like, let people know this is gonna, gonna this is gonna get heavy. It's gonna involve domestic abuse because the marketing mm. for the book made it look very much like a typical romance, and that's why it tricked people and thinking like, oh, this will be light and fluffy, and it's like, oh yeah. shit, what are we getting into here? So how the movie marketing it, is handled yeah. better? I, I kind of felt the same way about Luckiest Girl Alive. Did you read that book? No, but I've heard of it. Let me just double check. It, it, it was adapted into a movie with Mila Kunis on oh, Netflix. Oh, yes. Okay, it, yes. I, I didn't read did the read book, it? but I watched the movie, which I felt, I feel conflicted over the movie. Yeah. The, the movie I felt was, I mean, it's very violent, but like there was no, I mean, the, the book was also very violent. Everything was violent about both adaptations yeah. or whatever, but I thought the movie, they could have done a better job of maybe warning the audience of like the sensitive subject matter it was just very trigger heavy i felt yeah it's like i i, I and i knew ahead i had a time like yeah like it's going live would involve some heavy crap but it's like oh this does mm-hmm. get very trigger heavy and a trigger warning heavy bad stuff mm-hmm. and i feel like i, I feel like it could have yeah. done a better job of like weaving the same weaving the plot line together and kind of like did you need all this material could you could you shave it down to focus more on certain aspects i don't know I yeah I agree just what you're saying about it ends with us and it you know I hope that with the movie they they treat the subject matter a little bit more delicately than like for example luckiest girl yeah. alive just felt kind of boom in your face there's like the r word and there's a lot of dark stuff yeah. in that. so okay so your good words are neighbors and it starts with us you said right mm-hmm. okay. yep nice. what about you my good word is going to be the podcast Strike Force Five so it's a podcast that's being hosted by the late night talk show host. You've got, you've got Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert, oh, John yeah. Oliver, and the two Jimmy's, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. Kind of feels funny, I would say, to recommend this while Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon is, we're, we're learning about all of this, you know, toxic workplace environment crap and him being such a little temperamental little asshole. Yeah, like alcoholic. Yeah, he's not getting great press yeah. right now. So this is kind of really interesting that the podcast is dropping at. I'm curious time. as to how far in advance these episodes are recorded because I remember them specifying, "Hey, we're gonna do this. We're yeah. gonna do this for like 12 weeks, and then once we go to 12 weeks, yeah. we'll see what point we're at with the strike and such." But I wonder like how far in advance these episodes are recorded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's it will be that will be really interesting timing by everyone's teams if they decided to drop these episodes if they were recorded well in advance yeah now or are, or are they being yeah, recorded like week by week like are they recording episodes right now you know i'm not sure about the schedule but. right yeah oh i didn't even hear about this. yeah this is like heavy hitters it's literally colbert fallon kimmel seth Meyers. yeah it's, it's, it's a good it's a good podcast you know i feel like they've got some 
they're telling they're basically telling stories about what it's been like to work on these late night shows and the proceeds go to the workers, you know, for those shows, the staffers who are currently, oh. you know, out of out of jobs right now. So hey, all the proceeds go to them to support them mm. because they need it in this time when the writers and actors are striking right now, along with other strikes happening. Like mm. the the video game is going mm. over to the video game industry as well. Wow! So much, so much striking, wow. and and the VFX workers have all, all they're all unionizing over at the Marvel Studios. Wow! I yeah, that's um. Yeah. I mean, I, if you're gonna do something like this, a project, I'm glad that they're giving it direct. All the proceeds are going directly to people that need it. Because let's be honest, these guys don't need more money. They're fine. They don't. Yeah. So yeah. So I I do appreciate that. The, yeah. Directing that to the workers, and I also like again the behind the scenes talk of of the shows, and like the, I remember one of the episodes they talked about. What it was like to do the very first episode of these late night talk shows you've been hosting. You talked about that on a podcast. So that was interesting to learn about. Yeah. Interesting. I, I get yeah, but I, something about too a behind the scenes look. I love shows like that. Or like people that take you behind the curtain of like how are things produced? How do you get guests? How yes. do you you know, like I love the kind of the logistical stuff behind it. So that would yes, be interesting. Definitely. I'll check yes. it out. Strike Force Five, that is a podcast. Awesome. So that's my good word. And now I wanna thank you so much. Christy, you are once again a guest on Two Cents Critic. I want to thank you so much for that. You know, always a fun time. And now you get to promote yourself, yeah. promote your socials. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on just X Knows All. X like the letter, not the EX, like the like the noun or whatever. X Knows All everywhere on Instagram, my podcast, and... That's it, really. I'm on um, I'm on Shannon's Patreon now, twice a month. Yes, I saw that. Yep. For like weekly roundups, yeah. So that will be fun. That just started um, last week. So yeah, check us out over there, Patreon.com/slash/fluentlyforward. Nice, nice. Yeah. And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore Sans critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pods, Storygraph, Letterbox, and TikTok at Arthur underscore and eighteen. You can find me on Goodreads at Arthur Howell. If you want to email me, you can. Oh, I'll find you on Goodreads. You can reach me. Yes, Goodreads. Very good. <gasps> Goodreads. I'm going to find you. And, and if you want to email me, you can reach me at email two cents critic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at two cents critic.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. All of those services. And make sure you use a Ratings and reviews, especially because they help to spread us to more listeners. Please, we need the we need reviews and ratings. Very important. I think I found you on. Wait, no, that's not you. That's not. Uh, it might be easier if like if I have it. I have it on my link tree, so you can also just like pop into my link tree as okay. well. Okay. Yes, I I've actually I tried looking up people that. to like typing their names in on Goodreads, and it's just like wait, this is kind of hard. So I feel like it's impossible to find people on Goodreads. Yeah, literally. So, I, I, but, I, but I have a link to you as well on my on my social. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, once Yay. again, thank you so much for coming back on. This was a blast. So glad to have you on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Arthur. Welcome. It was such a blast. I had a lot of fun. And thanks for recommending this movie and making me watch it because it was a value add yes. to my life. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong.